0: How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject. First, I want to address something, actually. Um, some people have actually messaged me and asked me, uh, am I forgetting something? Actually, no, I'm not forgetting uh, to be video recording these podcasts and uploading them on YouTube. I know I was doing that daily, but I have some plans on uh, essentially what I want to do with my YouTube. Um I want to start driving traffic for like the daily podcast to the, uh, to like all like the podcast platforms, right? So like your, uh, your Spotify's, your Apple Podcasts, whatever you might use to be listening to me. Uh, I want the daily podcast to be geared towards that. And then I want to start looking at doing unique content just for the YouTube channel. And so, um, because doing a daily post on YouTube on people's subscriptions box, could be pretty annoying and i can i could definitely see that because if i i i'm subscribed to well over like 50 different youtube channels actually (laughs) youtube's telling me right now at 194 different what really holy shoot wow man that is not a joke I'm about to break 200 subscriptions on my YouTube channel, or I mean, on the not on my personal YouTube channel. I mean, like that I'm sub to. Damn. Well, if any one of these people, uh, and actually, some of them are guilty of doing daily posts. And recently, I've been kind of uh, unfollowing them just because of that fact, um, because it could get it really bottlenecks all the other content out there. And it's not really daily per se that they're doing a lot in just one day. It's not just them. It's like their organization is posting a lot of different things and trying to, and I know why they're doing it. They're targeting different groups of people. But if that were the case, I wish that they had made like specific channels for each individual content. um, So I don't have to just completely unfollow them. But anyways, wow, that is, that legitimately caught me off guard. But, um, no, the reason why actually uh, today I, I wanted to uh, talk to you guys is yesterday I hinted at what today's subject is going to be, but before we get into that, if you had a chance to listen to yesterday's podcast, you're well aware of what uh, this is going to be uh, tailored to, but if you did it, don't worry, I'm going to address it anyways and tell you what, what it's about, but before we get into that, first I want to uh, bring up a scenario. And there might be some real world aspects to it. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. We'll never know, uh, especially since we're not uh, people in the field that are, are gathering this intel and gathering this information. But let's say Russia did legitimately in 2016 influence the election and got Donald Trump elected over Hillary Clinton, right? Let's say through algorithmic... Um, programs and social media and artificial intelligence and everything of that nature. Not only were you bombarded by follows, comments, um, likes from social media accounts that could potentially sway your decision based off of just indirect messaging from the social media platforms by, uh, managed by, um, intelligence people working for a specific country or whether it was actual targeted ads based off of just popular search terms that they know that most Republicans would probably search. And then uh, honestly, if you've never made an ad, it's pretty simple. I've done it plenty of times for work uh, or not work, but like my own businesses here in Las Vegas, especially like with the nightlife scene. I've done ads on social media. I've done ads not only on social media, but on uh, like websites on Google and things of that nature. So I, I have a familiarity with this specific area and I could definitely see how you could you could uh, approach this. To really simplify it, there's a lot of information, but to really simplify it, essentially, when you search anything, right, you're not a unique butterfly in that case. When uh, there are other people that you have common interest with are potentially searching similar keywords, in a search bar, whether it's Google, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever it might be. And they're searching these keywords, right? And they're looking for profiles or websites or something of that nature that will direct them to more information about this specific keyword. Well, when you're doing that, you've you've probably noticed this a lot, unless you have like some built-in ad blocker into your browser. But essentially, you'll notice that like you'll see the top tier search... Uh, search subject and then in between like after like so many searches you'll see like a little advertisement and it's small sometimes you won't even recognize it but if you really look closely you'll see either ad or advertisement written underneath the title of the of the ad itself and essentially it'll if you're smart enough about this you'll make it so that it looks like a legitimate like hyperlink to a specific website versus it being like a targeted ad right but for disclosure purposes, companies like Google, Facebook, they have to tell their users when something is an ad, and that's super regulated. But they could, they, it, they're can they not regulated on how big of a context they need to make these things. So they can make it look like it's part of the search field, but it's an ad itself. Like Google will do this. Like right now, if I Google, let's say I'm Googling uh, Las Vegas nightclubs, right? At the very top... You'll see like different, um, you'll see like a, a search of like the local clubs in Las Vegas. And then you'll see um, some specific like searches about like subjects about nightclubs in Las Vegas. And then you'll see some ads in here as well. And uh, I don't think my Google is really showing me too much because I do have an ad blocker on my I wonder if I do this incognito Uh, let's do Las Vegas Uh, or not Las Vegas. Let's just say couches. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Perfect example. So I had to go into incognito outside of my like uh, ad blocker. But when I type in couches on the very top, it literally says ads very little. And then it says browse sofas and all of these searches on the very top you might think are like the most popular sofas out there and you would be, it would be fair for you to assume that because right, you would think that Google is going to be showing me the most popular sofas on the very top, but that's not the case. Each one of these companies is, um, paying Google at X amount of money per click to get their product placed ahead of the other. Hey Google, stop. Oh God. They're going off everywhere. Um, they're listening. They're always listening. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I'll say big G for now on when I'm referencing, uh, you know, what I'm referencing that search engine, but yeah, that's not the case. Actually, what you're looking at is the, these companies are paying, uh, X amount of money for every click. So when you click this ad, whether you're buying the product or not, that company is still paying, uh, big G a small amount of money. We're talking cents, literally between one to five cents a click for every time someone clicks that ad. Right. And so, uh, and the reason why Google or shoot big G would even, um, want to do something like this is because it allows them to make a, a ton of profit, right? If you search anything, uh, let's say milk, I don't know. Yeah. Boom ads, milk, This is like, this is not even milk. These ads are not even milk. The first thing that pops up, it's a milk bar birthday cake, strawberry face, uh, face milk moisturizer. And then like the fourth ad, the fourth ad is an actual, as actual milk. But uh, if you didn't know what you were looking for, you would think that these are like popular things that people are searching for, but no half of the top part of, of big G's search on milk is all ads. So anyways, if you know what you're doing and if you know the specific keywords that a demographic of people are going to be looking up, right? Let's look up. Uh, you probably won't see ads if you look up like specific like terminology from pol- political subjects. But let's say uh, gun rights. Maybe Google's a little biased to this kind of stuff as well. But no, there's actually ads. I see ads. Just not that many. But uh if you outside of like very like uh controversial things like abortion, gun control, murder, all that kind of stuff, there's probably algorithm that's like not really showing too much ads towards that. But like there are other things that demographics will look up. Like um liberals are probably vegan. So if you type in vegan, there's probably a lot of vegan information and ads there is. And if you were to like to type in vegan profiles, you would see like somebody's like uh, the very top. These are like ads. You could tell that they're ad information at the very top. And so, honestly, uh, if you know what you're doing, you can make targeted ads as a country that targets a, a certain class of people, and you can sl- you can slightly sway people's decision to vote for someone. You you might think that you're so smart that that's not the case, but trust me. If you've asked yourself, man, how did I end up buying this product? Like there's no, it doesn't serve any purpose. That's marketing. And you know what? That marketing subliminally got you to believe that that product is something of a necessity. Everyone's done it. I, If you're lying right now to yourself and say that I've bought every product because I know for a fact I need it and I'm going to use it every single day, you're lying. There's something on your counter, in your closet, or something that it's, it's an item that you never need, like never needed, but was sold on why you should have it. And then when you got it, you realized this isn't, this. Is, I don't really need this, right? But you're just not, you're too lazy to return it or whatever, or they have like a, a very difficult return policy. That's like really good marketing. They got you to believe something when you never thought that you were going to need it in the first place. And so uh, it can be done. And there's people that are very smart in these things. And I've done subjects on on uh, one of those things, actually, neuro-linguistic programming. If you have an understanding of that or you could search my earlier podcast on talking about that point, you can really break down and understand the psychology of, of humans and understand, like, all you need is a limited information, age, sex, location, um. Uh, proficiency. If you know, they're like what they do for work and just like maybe one or two hobbies. And you can realistically come up with some very on point assumptions of a person. Really? Honestly, it's not that difficult. Can you be wrong? Of course. But in generalities, when you talk about more than just one person, but like a large population of people, you're going to be right seven times out of 10 more than likely. And so if I'm making an ad that I know is going to target seven out of 10 people, that's a high level of success. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to sway the decision of seven out of 10 people, but I'm tar- uh, out of those seven. If I get one out of seven, that's great. And so that means that out of a population of a hundred thousand people, if 70,000 are clicking my ad and only, um, 7,000 of them are, are buying what I'm talking about, I just made a ton of money or I just swayed 7,000 people's perspectives on things with one ad, right? And these companies can make tons of them, hundreds of them. And so you could potentially sway the the, the mindset of a lot of people. But anyway, so I'm getting off too far into a tangent. I, I talked about this yesterday, how this podcast was probably going to be a little bit longer than, than normal. Let's say we found out conclusively that Russia did that, right? That they meddled in our election. And they influenced our actual election with legitimate information. Let's say you're at the direct source and you see that for a fact they did do this. What would you consider that? That, I mean, in most people's eyes, would be an act of terrorism, right? A, d- a digital form of terrorism. There's different levels of terrorism, right? There's uh, what happened on 9 11, a high level of lethality of terrorism. There's both domestic and foreign terrorism. Uh, but foreign is what we're talking about right now, and uh there's different levels of terrorism, right? You've heard of the uh, uh for instance, there's these malware attacks that uh, these hackers are doing where essentially they're uh stealing people's information, and then it's called ransomware where essentially they put a virus on your computer, it encrypts all of your all of your files. And then, if you don't pay them like X amount of dollars within a, a short amount of time period, they will delete all your information. And these ransomware attacks are attacking hospitals, cities. There's been plenty of cities that have been attacked by these ransomware attacks. And uh, it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And if you don't, and most of the time, even if you pay, they're still going to delete your stuff because you don't know who's doing it, right? They're on the internet. You could be anonymity is, is a powerful tool of the internet. Right? No one's going to know who I am behind a, uh, maybe a screen name or nothing of that nature. And so who you might think is an actual real person, you've heard many of those stories where uh, teenage girls will be talking to teenage boys that they think are, are their age or teenage guys that are talking to uh, who they think are teenage girls and they end up being predators, which is disgusting. Uh, and I hope all those people get the death sentence and get murdered. Honestly, I I think I'm not for the death sentence. I'm only for it for, uh, one specific case. And I think that is, uh, people that prey on, on children. Like if you're, if that's you, you don't deserve to ever, at least you don't even deserve to come out of jail. Like the fact that people can come out and be registered as sex offenders to me is disgusting. Um, and that's just my viewpoint on it. If you disagree, I mean, you're, just as sick as they are then. And, and you would never be able to sway my, my perspective on that. But anyways, um, but you would consider what those countries are doing as acts of terrorism, right? If it's, if it's, uh, via internet or actual picking up guns and killing people, or if you found out, let's say that neo-Nazis were, uh, sponsored by Iran, right? And Iran was funding neo-Nazis, and then getting them to kill people, or the KKK, for instance, right? And you end up finding out legitimately that the that uh, people from Iran, like high level people in politics, they're uh, yeah, just their um, high level of, of government has authorized, you know, their operatives to fund like terror domestic terrorist organizations like Antifa or something. Of that nature. If you're, if you're a right wing person listening to this, I don't want to like sway diff- like this, this conversation one way or the other. But if you found out that that was the case, you would be pretty livid that Iran is doing that, that they're sponsoring domestic terrorists to act in this on our soil. That's my perspective on it, right? Like if I if I heard that, at least for me, when I if I hear these points, right? If I hear a foreign nation that's a hacking into hospitals and and um, deleting their information, or if I find out that uh, a country is funding domestic terrorism, or if a country is <coughs> actually murdering our own citizens, um. I would, be, I would be highly dis, uh, disturbed by that, right? But why is it when other countries do that to us that it's terrorism, but yet when we do it to other countries, it's just an act of being America, right? And that's a narrative that I've been told for a long time. And if you've listened to yesterday's podcast, I said, and I, I am the biggest supporter of, uh, first responders, police officers, firefighters, military, uh, intelligence agencies. Like I, to a degree, when it when it's for the benefit of society, I. And it's and it's it's a it's the only pathway you can take to protect us. Then yes, I am. I am a hundred percent for whatever it is that these individuals do. Right, but if there's bad actors within these organizations and yeah of course they they deserve to get kicked out and be tried for any actual laws that they broke. Um, So I'm not the type of person that doesn't agree that black lives matter. They do matter Um, and I'm not going to say like this whole argument that blue lives matter. That's not the case but we should respect uh, law enforcement because they're risking their lives every single day. It might not seem like it when you're getting a speeding ticket but The next call that this person's getting to a residence where it's spousal abuse and you get there and you find out that the spouse is now holding his girlfriend or wife hostage with a gun. You're not going to be thinking about black lives matter anymore. If you're that spouse, right? You're going to be thinking about the fact that, Oh my God, this person is probably going to save my life. Them or SWAT team, whoever it might be. But, um, and, and there are people that, that, that don't respect the levels of office that they're in. That exists everywhere. That exists in work, that exists in, in all all agency of life, regardless of what level of power they might have over other people, that will always exist. There will always be bad actors everywhere. But when you disregard the bad actors, I think the, the organization, what they represent, is key to the survivability of this nation. And um, for those that would like to have a discussion about that, I'm totally open to that. But I was watching... A, uh, I've, I've become a big fan of this one YouTube channel called Second Thought. It's a very... I mean, it's it's a very left-leaning left, we, left leaning perspective YouTube channel. So if you're not that type of person, you're probably not going to enjoy the content. But he does bring up really good points sometimes. And, and that's why I enjoy watching him. I'll, I'll watch perspectives from either side. I do consider myself a centrist that leans left. But... I, I'm subscribed to people on the right and I don't, I don't mind that as well. But um, this YouTube channel is called Second Thought and he recently released a YouTube video that I just, I saw that, the title, and I was like, whoa, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Like, it just like blindsided me because it's, it's very different than what a majority of his videos are like. But this video was called... Um, the CIA agency, or sorry, the counterintelligence agency is a terrorist organization. And when I saw that first, when I, when I first read that title, I was like, what is this guy talking about? I'm about to unsubscribe to you. And then when I watched the video, wow, a 20-minute video. He did his work. Most of his videos on average are like 10 to 15 minutes. This is one of his longest at 21 minutes. And he did work he had like previous uh, CIA directors on there talking about why you should view it this way. And uh, like previous CIA directors being questioned as to like, you know, if other nations did this, we would consider that terrorism. Correct. Yes. But then uh, why are we able to do it? And they're always like, it's always for the better of the nation. But any, if, could you imagine if like Russia did that, if they said that like meddling in American politics, Is for the better for Russians. We would be like, are you effing kidding me? Like meddling in our election is, is like, it's not something you mess around with in this country. Like that you, you're potentially impacting so many people's lives when you do stuff like that. And what do you mean by it's going to better, uh, Russian lives. And they could be like, well, this political leader would be more favorable for our nation than the other. So, This is why we justified it. We didn't kill anyone. And yet this we're doing cyber terrorism and we would all be like, no way. That's, that's terrorism. You can't be doing that. But if you look at the the history of the CIA, essentially they've funded major terrorist organizations. They have up, up, uh, rooted democracy, actual democracies, like especially in South America, They've uprooted democracies and inst- installed dictators and in countries only because the the leader of that democracy didn't a lot like didn't want to um, have a good relationship with the United States. So because of that, we sent in our, our counterintelligence agency. Which, if you don't understand what the CIA, the difference between the CIA and FBI is, to really simplify it, the CIA tends to. Uh, deal with anything foreign related, whereas the FBI tends to uh, deal with things that are domestic related, right? Like domestic terrorism, things of that nature. This, they kind of, they, the agencies kind of blend in some areas, which kind of makes it difficult to really understand exactly what one agency is doing and the other one's not. But to really simplify it, the the premise is that the CIA tends to be more dealing on foreign stuff. And when you look at the things that they've done, it's pretty insane. And I'm not saying that everyone at the CIA is bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that when you look at some of the things in the history of the CIA from the past all the way up to the present, if any other nation did that to us, we would consider it terrorism. But because we do it and we say it's for the interests of Americans, yeah, we don't even know if that's the case or not. We're just listening to them and, and saying, okay, that's great. And, and this is coming from someone that actually knows CIA operatives. Like my parents are, are really good friends with, uh, I, I'm not going to say their names out of respect to them, but essentially, um, it's a husband and wife and they served in, uh, during the Iraq war and they, uh, served behind enemy lines, essentially infiltrating terrorist organizations and and being part of their cells and gathering intel to report back to uh, the CI to our government and to the CIA, right? Because they work for the CIA. And so, uh, the husband in this couple has even told my wife that you know, like with her skill sets and 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 uh, just with her type of personality, she would do really well working for the agency uh, because of her level of ability to uh, empathize with people and speak multiple different languages. And the CIA is really looking for specific types of people, people that are uh, that do deal well with under pressure, that don't lie, that are are, are truthful individuals um, and are are able to kind of meld within a society structure and then whenever they need to be used, they can be reached out to to gather Intel from a specific source, right? There are certain or businesses that you would think that the CEO of that business or the founder of that business funded that, that project, but that's not the case. There are many businesses. The CIA has funded people to start a business as a front to then infiltrate and network with other people that they find of special interest to use that person to gather more intel or take existing founders of organizations and get them to uh, be part of the organization, get a paycheck from the CIA, and in return they get to gather information. me doing a podcast about this is probably getting flagged right now because I'm, I'm I'm talking about a lot of different things that aren't specific they're very generalized and and you don't know whether I'm telling the truth or not, but just know that a lot of the stuff that I'm saying is things that they do do and um you know they're the ones that that are are infiltrating with with the nsa and and listening in on like what we say like using our like phones and microphones on everything to listen on what we're talking about right so there's a level of terrorism even from a domestic standpoint where they their argument is that they're doing it for the the better of america right to defend and protect us and i would argue that like for the longest time, that was 100% what I always viewed it as. And I was always open to whatever they needed to do to get it done. But over the years, because I love this stuff so much and I, I follow this, I love history. I love military history. I, I love counterintelligence. I always like, a part of me has always wanted to work in that field. Um, I grew up loving um, like spy movies, like you name the spy movie, I've seen it. I was a big Tom Clancy reader. I love Tom Clancy books. Um, and so I love this 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 industry. But at the same time, uh, from loving this industry so much, after watching this video, I knew about a majority, of the, like I knew about the specific things that the CIA had done, right? And I was just, just like, oh yeah, this is like some pretty insane stuff that the CIA has done in its history. It's pretty crazy. And then when he labeled it as terrorism, it got me to stop and think for a second. I was like, wow, actually, yeah, the CIA is a terrorist organization, not to Americans per se. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. Um, But yeah, they really are in other countries that don't see eye to eye with American interest. And that doesn't necessarily mean like they're uh, like uh, like another nation that's attacking America. It could be a nation that literally just has no political standpoint with America for whatever reason. They don't like us. They they don't really have a lot of trade with us, whatever it might be. And now it's this organization's role to make those people's lives harder because of the fact that they're not like ducks staying in line and um, just doing whatever america wants right and even now like america's uh, like bothered by a lot of other nations that are kind of closely climbing that ladder of a superiority that america for the longest time has held on to since the end of the cold war like china for instance a perfect example and now there's a lot of like uh information and uh, it, it, like when you understand like this organization and just how involved they are and like the, the capabilities that they're able to do, it makes you wonder if like the negative propaganda that you see about a specific country is really that bad. Or if it's really instilled by this organization and, and no, I'm not saying China is not a good, like their government is a good government. I'm not saying that at all. Right? But when you when you try to make the narrative that China is bad, it's not China that's bad. It's the government of China that's bad. The people tend to be really good people. Um, But it, it seems like the narrative is like all people from that region are like people that should be like questionable, right? And who knows the purpose behind that? Maybe it's to slowly get us to just hate China so much that we start to approve all these like different things that we're doing to slow China's growth because we don't want to see them on, on the the leaderboard at all. And so the only way we could do that and allow people to kind of give up their, the ability to buy products for super cheap is to start getting them to hate the country and hate the people of China. Right. And because we hate them so much, now we're going to invest in American interests and we're going to, and not to say that that's wrong, right. To invest in America, business is not wrong at all but at the same time you don't need to hate the country of china to be a proud supporter of american goods you could just tell yourself like this is going to cost me a little bit more but at least i'm getting it from an american company versus saying that the people of that country are dirtbags and and they're all evil so we need to do everything in our power to to stop supporting them in every way possible and i that's not a narrative that I'm totally for, but uh, honestly, I mean, look, watch this video, watch second thought. Don't watch any of his other videos. Um, Even though not all of them are left leaning videos, they really aren't right. Some of them are really good. If, if if a title seems interesting to you, then you should watch that video. This guy does great research. I really enjoy his content and I am going to have a disc. I'm going to, bring this video up to my family friends. And I I'm very curious to see what they say. Um, they're definitely going to be very defensive about it. And I, I can understand why they would be right. If you work for an organization for your whole life and it's being labeled as a terrorist organization, even though you don't really consider yourself a terrorist, it's going to like, it's going to bother you a lot. But just watch, like literally, if you watch the video, we'll just watch it, what like he brings up and watch the the video evidence that he's supporting, right? Like actual people representing the organization and what they think. It's pretty interesting, not gonna lie. So the YouTube channel Second Thought, and it's the most recent video came out three days ago, and it's called "The CIA Is a Terrorist Organization." Look it up. You tell me what you think about it. I know it took a while to get to this point, um, but I I really had to do it this way because if not, if I start off by saying the CIA are terrorists, then you guys would probably block me out. But I think I did a pretty good job at getting you to understand why if another nation did it to us, it's a problem. But yet when we do it to other nations that don't attack us, right, that aren't killing us, that aren't doing – like it's different if we did these kind of things to Iran, to Russia, to – China, possibly. Then That makes sense. But we're doing it to every nation. <laughs> every nation that has never really even attacked us at all. Right? If you look at, like, Al-Qaeda, we created that, essentially. Right? We understand these points now. And we laugh and we say, oh, whatever. But no, that's, that's effed up. That's, like, crazy that we're the creators of a lot of these different organizations. And we allow dictators to rule countries because the previous ruler just didn't want, or the previous leader didn't want to support American interests or American, uh, commerce. Oh my God. When you look at the level of corruption, like literally because we don't allow American businesses in a country that also gets us to start throwing out our CIA agents to kind of start changing up leadership or, or changing people's perspectives and doing like domestic terrorism over in their countries. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. I know it was a lot, but, um, it's definitely a a good thing to think about for today. But until then, I love you guys and I'll catch you guys manana. Peace.